Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our job. Welcome to it, folks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me this evening, Troy is going on a hiatus of sorts. He's going to learn how to code, literally. Uh, it's not just the meme. Some people actually, you know, want to learn how to work these computers that run our lives. It seems like technology is creating more jobs, but more on that in a little bit. Joining me this evening is Mr. Seth Spotlow. How are you, sir? Good, man. Thank you very much. Did you think I was going to play the Nazi thing? Yeah, I was waiting for it. Totally waiting for it. And I'm so scared to dance now. Really? Yeah, because if I dance, I'm afraid he's going to call it. You're gonna Do you want to dance to the song? You're happy. I'm no, happy. I'm not. I'm, no, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, see, I, you got rhythm. I ain't got no rhythm. Nah, I don't have rhythm. I have my rhythm. Yeah. Good. Oh, and Good. also, there we go. Yeah, yeah. The main headphones are turned down. Yeah. This is how we do things here, folks. Impromptu, on the fly, keep it casual. But I've got to be a little serious tonight. You know, it's one thing for the Me Too initial scandals with Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and others. And then it kind of wore itself out. You saw some of the overreach on the scandal. And now it just jumps the shark. I'm curious. I have no idea. It's a 54-year-old man from New Jersey. He was charged with forcible touching in Times Square. But he wasn't just out there in his birthday suit and he wasn't wearing street clothes either. This 54-year-old man from New Jersey was dressed as Elmo. (laughs) Yes, a 54-year-old man wearing an Elmo costume was accused of grabbing a girl's buttocks, a 14-year-old girl's butt. Oh, no. In Times Square. He groped the 14-year-old after she refused to take a picture with him. Man. Talk about perverse. That's terrible. Like, number one, when you're over 50, maybe, like, Southern Wood could get away with it. Yeah. Like, wearing an Elmo outfit right now, like, 46, whatever his age is. Yeah, he could totally do it, man. But when you're over 50, don't put on an Elmo costume. And just really don't go hit on little kids. No. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> oh, Oh, that's disgusting. And apparently this is a problem in Times Square, that the people dressed up in outfits are becoming uh, aggressive. Yeah, this is not a one-off story. Luckily, we don't have the same issue here in Montgomery, but... Superman getting a little touchy-feely. Yeah, or like Barney. 
No. Uh, mm-hmm. man, I guess if there's a big Elmo, they'll no, probably be Now, if somebody's dressed up as Deadpool, you could see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah definitely. That's it. Yeah, you can definitely see. Maybe they dress up like a villain. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anybody. I mean, right. Elmo, that's... Okay. Are you ever going to look at Tickle Me Elmo the same? No. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> just ruined it. No, that's more the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, that's just uh, perverse and wrong. And I'm going from that strange story to this one out of Oklahoma. Officers in Oklahoma made a startling discovery after arresting two people at a traffic stop. Only to find the vehicle contained one. These are multiple things. It's like a Mad Libs, folks. This vehicle contained one rattlesnake. Okay. Alive or dead? One canister of uranium. An open bottle of whiskey, doesn't say the brand, and a firearm. An officer with the Guthrie Police Department had pulled over Stephen Jennings and Rachel Rivera for driving with expired tags. After the officer discovered that Jennings was driving with an expired license and Rivera was a convicted felon, in possession of a firearm, both were placed under arrest. The vehicle, a Ford Explorer, was impounded because it did not have insurance. It was later discovered that the vehicle had been stolen. Man, routine traffic stop. This is, in all seriousness, one of the most dangerous things. This and domestic disputes, one of the most dangerous things police officers have to do. And often it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. You never know what it you're takes that one to. time. And this yeah. is why, folks, you're nervous when the police pull you over. They're nervous. Yeah. And so they just run a tag that's expired, and they get all this information. A convicted felon with a firearm, guy driving with an expired, a stolen vehicle with an expired license, and there's a rattlesnake. (laughs) So when the impounded vehicle begins and they start moving compartments, here's the rattlesnake in the back seat, Gibbs said. It was surprising to the officer, obviously. (laughs) Like, oh, my Lord. As the officers continued to search the vehicle, they spotted an open bottle of Kentucky Deluxe Whiskey near a firearm. Because that's where you want to keep your firearms, right next to the open whiskey. Yes, exactly. Then they discovered a container of yellowish powder that was labeled uranium. What else do you need to protect your uranium with in a rattlesnake? Jennings, the the man who was driving without the license, driving the stolen vehicle, told officers that he had the uranium because he recently purchased a Geiger counter to test metals, and the chemical element came with the purchase. He joked with officers that he was trying to create a super snake. (laughs) It's amazing. The sense of, you know, we were talking last week about the importance of laughter, but you're in the middle of, like, a pretty heavy arrest driving a stolen vehicle with expired tags, expired license, you got a convicted felon with a gun, you're moving a rattlesnake, and you got uranium in your car with your Geiger, with the open (laughs) bottle of whiskey, and uh, your first thing is go, well, I was just trying to make a super snake officer, and you you got to get a little lit on the whiskey in order to be able to handle this, you know volatile situation. The rattlesnake and the uranium, and then you have the gun just in case the rattlesnake gets mad, and then you have the liquor, because you got to be drunk. For- yeah, so it appears, though, that Jennings nor Rivera were under the influence of alcohol. He was arrested on charges of possession of a stolen vehicle, transporting an open container of liquor, operating a vehicle with a suspended license, and failure to carry a security verification form. 
and Rivera. The snake was taken from the scene and euthanized. They shot it with a gun. Yeah, that, that <laughs> might be possible. In the state of Oklahoma, there are certain seasons where you can hunt rattlesnakes, the officer said. This just happens to be one of those seasons. <laughs> so if it hadn't have been open season, you couldn't have euthanized the snake? Uh, that's nuts. Well, and he they killed it because the logic was if we run into it, likelihood somebody else would run into it. So they're not just going to re- release this rattler in the wild. Wow. Was it real uranium? Does it say more about it? No, it doesn't say anything more, yeah. but I, I guess it... My guess is it's not. Is uranium supposed to be like a yellowish powder? There's such yeah. thing as yellow cake. Yeah. yeah, but I don't I don't buy it. I think, I think it's a gimmick. So. Man, that'd be great. I think it's like those white clay <laughs> tablets yeah. I saw around here. I see them whatever. everywhere. It's yeah. white dirt. It's white dirt. Yeah, I, I bet you it's some gimmick. It's like some that. old lady. There's real dirt out there, man. Oh, I know. I know. It's, uh, but, oh... Now, here's another weird story out of New York City. A delivery man in New York has been accused of stealing $90,000 worth of, what do you think? He's a delivery man. Pizza. No, not pizza. You're close, though. Close. Um, a delivery guy. Uh, UPS, maybe. Uh, either probably Amazon or Chinese. I go to food because, I mean... You're close with food. I'm it's in the food, food category. I'll give you that. Uh, Hmm. I, man, I don't know. Stealing $90,000 worth of cake. Cake? That's a lot of cake. I, delivery cake? He was in it. David Livigena. What a strange last name. And there are too many consonants in front of one another. An employee of Lady M Confections is said to have smuggled 1,020 of their cakes. He stole over 1,000 cakes. He smuggled them. He smuggled 1,000 plus cakes out of their Long Island City warehouse on dozens of occasions over the course of a few months. The confections, like their popular rabbit stamp signature, Millet Crepes, Crepe, retail for $90 a piece. And have been raved about by the likes of Martha Stewart and Oprah. The New York Times Magazine once called that item in particular at least the second best cake in the city. Mm, It's number one when it's black market. Right. Much like (laughs) with any other high-priced luxury item, there was apparently a robust secondary black market for crepes with little (laughs) rabbits on them. A market opportunity that this guy, David, is alleged to have jumped on. (laughs) Now, I wonder if there's been this big vaping scare, and it seems to me, and this is where my logic went, because I'm wise on the history of prohibition in this country and economics prohibition. When you prohibit something, the stuff that's going to be on the black market doesn't go through quality control tests as it would on a normal market in the sunshine. Yeah. So I wonder if anybody ever like got some black market cake <laughs> and they end up with like, you know, a, a poisoned or something. It's like that bathtub liquor. <laughs> they end up being blind. It well, when after you, it sits for a while, the bunny on the cake turns into a little mouse. the company is seeking a return on the value of the purloined cakes plus interest and punitive damages they're suing the guy he's not just been arrested oh wow that's nuts 
No, he looked like he was going to try to move them. I wonder no, if he had a fence. Where are you going to move them? <laughs> <Where> <laughs> <are you gonna laughs> move all these like ninety cakes? Yeah, hey man. No, I heard th- you got a wedding. 90. He's got a thousand cakes. <laughs> Has he got a, a fridge somewhere? Well, it said he did it uh, over time and like twelve tries. So if you do like a thousand cakes in twelve tries, that's like eighty cakes a piece. So yeah, I mean, I got some cakes. I want to move cakes, here. man. This is not a trunk load of cakes. He this is probably, a truck load of cakes. You <laughs> could probably sell it to the Elmo cosplayer. <laughs> yeah, don't fill up that chick. I got a cake for you. I got a deal you just can't refuse. Now, but here's uh, something I mentioned earlier. Troy is not going to be with the show for some time because he's going to learn computer coding up in Birmingham. And this is a great thing for him. I think he has the aptitude for it. I think it's a perfect job for him. And all power to Troy. I'll miss you, brother, but good luck. I'm happy for you. Uh, But there's this constant unease, angst, worry out there about the A word. Mm Mm-hmm. Automation. Oh, man, I was thinking the other one. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. See, I don't see any of that stuff. No, no. You're not wearing an Elmo outfit right now. Nope. Don't be a pervert. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. You can be as perverted as you like. Anyway, automation has caused all sorts of worries. And I first came across... Well, it's something, actually, that's on the left and the right right now. The Sort of the nationalist populist rights real worried about this. Tucker Carlson, in particular, has been on Fox worrying about this. And another guy who just came out with a big plan is Bill de Blasio, the groundhog-killing, inept mayor of New York City. He came out with a proposal that Tucker Carlson then interviewed him about, I believe, last Friday evening. And this is where I have to say, folks, don't buy into it. If there is a massive change due to technology in the job market, there will be more opportunities than you can think. We do not need the government to step in to save us from new technology. Excuse me, pardon me. Especially when it's meant to make us more efficient and make work Work-saving devices, essentially. So imagine, it's a competition to design the most onerous and destructive economic regulation ever conceived. A mandate that would make all other mandates blush. With embarrassment for not being burdensome or costly enough is this regulation. What would the worst regulation ever look like? Well, Bill de Blasio. (laughs) Bill de Blasio has the answer. He just floated a few proposals that will probably take first and second place in the hypothetical contest for worst regulation ever. In a new Wired essay, this New York City mayor and 2020 Democratic presidential candidate explain why American workers need to be protected from automation. He aims to accomplish this protection. I'm here from the government and I'm here to protect you. He aims to accomplish this protection with a new government agency called Skynet. Yeah. (laughs) With vast enforcement powers and a new tax. Taken together, these ideas represent one of the most radical regulatory plans any American politician has yet concocted. And that's saying something. Politicians, academics, and many others have been panicking over automation, at least since the days when the Luddites were smashing machines in protest over growing factory 
mechanization. With the growth of more sophisticated forms of robotics, artificial intelligence, and workplace automation today, there has been a resurgence of these fears and a renewed push for sweeping regulations that throw a wrench in the gears of what some might call progress. Bill de Blasio is looking to outflank his fellow Democratic candidates for president with an anti-automation plan that may be the most extreme proposal of its kind. And by the way, I don't know if Tucker is going to, Tucker Carlson on Fox was actually endorsing these plans, but if he is, shame on you. Like, I don't know what, like, if we're going to do this, I don't know why we call ourselves left and right anymore, other than... I'm the one at the top of the hill in the White House. Because if the right wing's going to do this, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. But here's what de Blasio proposes. He wants to create a new federal agency called the Federal Automation and Worker Protection Agency, F-A-W-B-A, which I am very quick to pronounce FOPA. To oversee automation and safeguard jobs and communities, he writes, FOPA would create a permitting process for any company seeking to increase automation that would displace workers. You know, like every government proposal, it sounds great on the face of it, folks. Approval of those plans would be conditioned on protecting workers. If their jobs are eliminated through automation, the company would be required to offer their workers new jobs with equal pay or a severance package in line with their tenure at the company. Second, de Blasio proposed a quote-unquote robot tax. I, I, robots aren't that intelligent yet, are they? Like, robots don't have personhood yet, do they? Apparently so. I mean, I've seen some movies where that question's brought up. Fascinating philosophical question. But he wants to tax robots. It would be imposed, of course, not on the robots, but on large companies, quote, that eliminate jobs through increased automation and fail to provide adequate replacement jobs. Those firms would be required to pay five years of payroll taxes up front for each employee eliminated, and that revenue would be used to fund new infrastructure projects or jobs in new areas, including health care and green jobs. Green energy, of course. Displaced workers would be guaranteed a new jobs created in their fields at comparable salaries, de Blasio claims. Mayor de Blasio's first idea would be one of the most far-reaching and destructive regulations in American history. Think about it, folks. A federal agency with the power to permit a permitting process for any company seeking to increase automation that would displace workers is essentially a political veto on any workplace innovations at nearly every business in America. The result would be a de facto ban on productivity improvements across all professions. After all, there aren't too many sectors in the modern economy where automation isn't playing at least a limited role. Even the oldest agricultural and industrial sectors and professions have undergone a certain amount of automation over time and continue to do so today. These automation improvements have been essential to growing businesses and the economy more generally. These automation advances also create new and better jobs. That's the thing, folks. It creates new pathways, and you might be going, well, what jobs? We don't know. But historically speaking, yes, markets have creative destruction because of new creations that are a more productive and efficient way of doing things. 
it changes a certain type of job. But because you are saving work hours, because you're becoming more productive, it opens up the economy to new avenues that we never could have seen before the automation was put in place. For example, in the early 1980s, many people feared, and I think even President Obama talked about this, ATMs and kiosks. They feared ATMs would make bank tellers irrelevant. Instead, we got more bank workers. But now they're doing different jobs. How would de Blasio's plan have worked back then? Would his regulatory permitting process have vetoed banking innovations such as ATMs or online banking in the name of protecting workers from automation and potential job losses, which never even materialized? Now magnify this challenge across the entire American economy and ask how these decisions will be made for every business that is considering some form of workplace automation that could theoretically affect workers, but in ways that are difficult to foresee. This is one reason why de Blasio's proposal would qualify for the world's worst regulation. It would let bureaucrats at the new FOPA, the Federal Automation and Worker Protection Agency, to sit in judgment of what constitutes beneficial forms of innovation and ask them to predict or plan our technological future. It is a recipe for economic Mm. stagnation. Because these new FOBA regulators would, like most other regulators, be incentivized to play it safe and disallow more automations than they would approve. The precautionary principle would triumph over permissionless innovation. Innovators would be treated as guilty until proven innocent in the resulting political circus. And his robot tax is equally misguided. Good God. Like, this is not the future, folks. Like, the future is in innovation. The future is in creating new jobs for all sorts of different types of folks. The future should not be giving Bill de Blasio and his cronies a new government agency to look over every business in America and also take more money from them. It's asinine. And again, I don't know, I'm not accusing Tucker Carlson of anything here. But it sounded like from that interview he did with de Blasio the other night on this issue of automation, they were pretty much in agreement. Tucker might weasel his way out of this. But this push and this worry that only the brilliant minds who are politically savvy and woke, well, not in the left-wing sense, but woke in the sense that this world's changing so fast. We need the government to take care of us. I'm sorry. Even if this agency worked exactly like it claimed, like we're going to check to see how many workers you displace with your automation, don't you think it would be a bit ripe for uh, corruption? Oh, yeah, man. Of course it would be. This is asinine policy. But, for instance, let's see how the, the tax would work out. The last thing policymakers should do is reduce the incentive for companies to invest in new machinery and equipment, as that would slow down needed productivity growth. In many cases, robots are complements to labor, not substitutes for labor. I just saw something fascinating. Hyundai. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see the yeah. like the robot you wear? It's oh, almost man. like a mech suit, a, a very slim, yeah. uh, slight mech suit that these workers can use that allows them to do work without putting as much strain on their bodies. Cool. Really cool I guess stuff. It, I guess it does the movement for you so you don't have to. Or it aids you in that movement is what I guess. Man, I wonder if it makes you a little stronger. 
It probably does. Uh, it's like a, a slimmed-down mech suit you wear so you can do assembly line work swifter and without as much fatigue on your body. That's awesome. Really cool stuff. Couldn't happen with that. But a robot tax would make stuff like that and other things we can't foresee because you think you know what a robot is. I've seen the movies. You don't, you don't know. know what a robot is. At, at, what is automation? It's all sorts of things, folks. Yeah, it's... It can't be the latest scapegoat for why my life isn't going how I want to. It's very difficult, for instance, to define what robot or automation is. That problem will only be compounded more by regulatory proceedings and all these political decisions, including where lobbyists get involved and all, all sorts of stuff. Because, of course, anytime you set up a regulatory agency... You know, this first thing, well, it'll happen eventually. It may not happen first thing, but it usually happens first thing. Is the people that the agency is meant to regulate capture that agency. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And they start writing all the boring, mundane rules that the general public doesn't look at in their own favor. You better believe the drug companies are doing this with the FDA. It's been going on for a while. You better believe all the medical industry does this when... Washington is putting into what? Oh, what's going to be in the Medicare benefit packages? There's so many things that people aren't completely thinking through. Giving more power to the federal government is not the solution to this new technological wave that we face. Yes, it's intimidating. Yes, it's like nothing we've seen before. But it's somewhat like stuff we've seen before. The reason we're so rich and wealthy today, and you might say, well, I'm not as rich and wealthy. Maybe not. But you're a lot richer and wealthier. Say you're in the low-income bracket, just above the poverty line. It's better to be just above the poverty line today in 2019 than in 1919. Or especially in 1819. You want this innovation. You want life to change because in the long run, it makes everybody better off. And maybe you don't want to get a new job. Yeah, life sucks. It's one of these things, you know, Ben Shapiro caught a lot of flack for this, but it's called a you problem. What are you going to do with your life? And it may suck. It may not be a good time. may not work out exactly how you hoped and dreamed. But it's still up to you to do this for your life, not somebody else. Unless somebody else volunteers. And actually volunteers, not like, oh, I'm going to go run for office and I'll take stuff from other people and help you out. Also importantly, regulating robots also means regulating the underlying software algorithms. Oh. Which means Washington will need to send in teams of code cops to control programmers. At some point, that could raise serious free speech issues since computer code can be a form of protected speech under the First Amendment. Practically speaking, however, we may not have to worry about the res- that result because de Blasio's command and control scheme would discourage many people from becoming programmers or roboticists in the first place. All those jobs and businesses would move offshore pretty quickly because America would lose competitive standards. We would be too onerous. We'd be trying to essentially stop a hurricane with our bare hands. But the government passed a law. Not going to work that way, folks. The best way is to adapt, to change, to get better, to learn, to figure things out. Are there ways that we can help one another? Yes. 
you know, I read a fascinating piece earlier today. Way too long to go into all the nuts and bolts of it. But just like the government does, and also, you know, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, a lot of people on the left are now proposing single-payer health care. No need for private insurance. Now, they're not talking about full government administration of health care. Not completely. We're just going to finance it. All right. But what that's already been going on. We've had Medicare for a while. Healthcare for seniors is the diplomatic word. Though you want to say old people, but I'm starting to think somebody who's 65 really isn't that old. Not with living standards the way they are. Not with life expectancy the way it is. You're older than other people, less than 65, relatively speaking. But 65 of the 1960s is not 65 of 2019. You live to be 90. Right. No, I'm getting the triple digits, baby. Unless something (laughs) freaky happens, I'm going to become a cyborg. Yeah. Probably had a choice by then. But this article is fascinating. Is that before, one of the arguments, before there was a government social safety net, things like food stamps, things like your basic welfare programs, your Medicaid, and whatnot, so on and so forth. Any program meant to support people who are poor. Before that was taken over by the government, the arguments people who wanted to install those government programs were making was that the private institutions, mutual aid societies and whatnot, were too generous with their money. (laughs) They're not efficient enough. This needs to be centrally planned. Look at all these different mutual aid companies and mutual aid societies competing to get people in and help them. Those evil bastards. We need the government to plan this centrally. You're being way too generous and you're, you're helping too many poor people. That's absurd. Absolutely absurd. And by the way, if you're worried about too much population, overpopulation, it has nothing to do with ac- the actual amount of people. It has everything to do with how dynamic is your economy and your society to sustain the amount of people you have. So you want to know the, one of the most overpopulated places on earth? It doesn't have the highest population. But it's one of the most overpopulated. North Korea. It's because their economy is static. It's command and control, top down. You go to North Korea and it's barren. Like there's not much there. Because people have literally had to pick the forest dry for some eating bark to get the nutrients. Also burning the wood. It's a a shame. Absolute shame. So if you think about, oh, don't don't help these poor people all over the world, you're just making the world more populated. Actually, you know, by denying people access to dynamic markets, access to innovation, what you're doing is making the world less able to carry these folks. You know what happens also? People that are in abject poverty, you know what they do? They have a lot of kids. Number one, because I don't think there's much else to do. Number two, kids are nice. Well, they are mouth to feed, but they're also hands to do all sorts of work for you. When people get rich, they don't have as many kids without being forced to do anything. So it's just all these counterintuitive things. We have to stop going to all the pessimism in the world is not going to go away if we give the government more power. We have to think for ourselves and do for ourselves. And I know I'm preaching to the choir for a lot of people. But there is this, what worries me the most is I expect this crap from Bill de Blasio. I expect this sort of crap from 
Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. I don't expect it from my friends on the right. I didn't expect it, at least. Now I do. And if the right continues to move away from liberty and towards nationalism, which doesn't just mean I love my country and America first, it means the federal government must do to solve society's problems. Long list of them. Oh, there's not enough family formation. Our morals are lacking. There's too much automation and innovation and capitalism. It's untethering us from our society and, again, our family life and our morality. And the way we're going to fix all that is by giving more power to the central government? You're nuts. You sound like the socialists you're up against. Let's get back to liberty. Let's get back to true federalism. Back to local communities. The states and municipalities, mostly. That's where the action should be. Not at the federal level. But the new geography is this. It's not the 50 states with all the many cities and towns of this country. The new geography is online. The new geography has been cable news. The new geography is this national conversation we have about everything in this country and everything on this earth. And it misses. It's blind to the actual reality on the ground of so many people. There are dynamic ways, local ways, voluntary ways, ways based in liberty that we can solve these problems. But too many times, the government, just like they did with private charity years ago, comes in and goes, nah, y'all can't fix it. We, with the power, can fix it. It will be our undoing. It'll be China's undoing. It'll be Russia's undoing. And don't get me wrong, people will still be alive. They'll just be less wealthy and less free and much less secure in the process. There's no such thing as a free lunch, folks. There's no such thing as some champion with a lot of political power and bluster coming to save you. You've known it all along. The person who can make your own life better is you. And the best thing the government can do most of the time is get the hell out of the way. Joey Clark. Listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me this evening, though he's been quiet because I've been monologuing. I'm Seth Spotlow. Hey man, that sounds so good. This? Yeah. Wait, my voice or the music? The music. (laughs) You always sound good, apparently. That's what people always tell me. He sounds so good. I could update this 
this song as well. I just, I got all these songs with this basic tracking. I gotta come out with an album. You know, yeah. people come out with playlists. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come out with an album. How many songs? Hmm, I'm album thinking six, like a classic. No, a classic album's like nine or ten. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I've got, I think I could do that pretty quickly, actually. I've got a lot up in the vault, which by vault, I mean my head. How long are your songs going to be? Well, this one's like 315. That other one was about, that we came into last break. It was like three and a half, four minutes. Yeah. I'll probably have one that's a good, like, seven, eight minute <laughs> one, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, an experimental track. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. that you one know, really experimental. minutes. Right, right. He was really doped up that night, and he started thinking about the Eastern sounds. <laughs> Whatever. And it sounds like Bollywood. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You okay? Yeah, man, that I, that was funny, apparently. <laughs> you know, you're just coughing. I hope you're all right. Uh, let's go to the phones and talk to Randall. Hey, Randall, how you doing? What's up, fellas, man? Yeah. Let it play, baby. Let it play. Uh-huh. Oh, you like it? <laughs> right. I'm gonna tell you, 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 you got three, you got three uh, rhythms. It's probably worth three hundred fifty dollars right now, man. I mean, don't don't put them <laughs> on the album and, and give them away. Just just hang on to them. Cause see, right now they're going through this little phase where they're gonna play on these machines. Everybody got the, but but look, you can only do so much. You can only do what the machine lets you do. Right, Would you, right. brother? You, you, can, you know what I mean? It ain't no stopping you. Your machine you're doesn't do it for you. You got to play that. So you got to know what buttons to push at the right moment. Exactly. And make that sucker mm-hmm. moan. And, and, and I'm telling you, don't, don't, don't put them out and give them away for ten dollars. You know what I mean? For ten of them, no. Nah, you need to save them, baby, and wait to. to I'm telling you, you got two that that just with a couple little uh, trap trap drums in the back. I'm telling you, look. You, you you'd be surprised. The guitar, I mean, you can make so many different different feels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the way, just the way that you bring it in and out. But going back, let's go. Let's, let's let's focus on a man that's going to learn computer coding and how far we are behind. And we're so far behind, Joy. I mean, really, like they don't understand how the wall is going to help. Because cause right now, a man will pay, uh, uh, the, even the Mexicans, I mean, they won't even, even folks in Mexico won't do it $15 an hour no more. So now Guatemalans are up here picking pepper. I can take it to the field. I'll meet them every right, year. Right, right. Yeah. No, I worked them. with some Guatemalans at the donut so, so, so yeah. now, So now, so, so Mexico folks won't even do it $15 an hour. Now the Guatemalans are picking peppers $15 an hour. Guess what if they win? I won't do it for $15. I'll do it for 30 but they ain't gonna pay me thirty, so they're gonna pay somebody like you. He gonna come up with something that'll pick a pepper. Yeah. And somebody gotta make it. Somebody gotta sign it. Somebody gotta keep it online. Somebody gotta keep the GPS going. I mean, it's it's just like the plant the trees. They used to international paper used to pay on. You know, they used to plant trees, walk and plant them. Now they got a machine. Two men can plant. You know, four hundred acres in two days of pine trees when well, it clears. And they, also, real quick, Randall, what were you doing before? You're now taking on new endeavors yourself, Seth. Yes. But what were you doing before? You were a technician. Yeah, I fixed machines. Right, you fixed machines. Fix machines. And the new robots will require the same stuff. Some of it will Nobody's be real high skilled, high level coding sort of because stuff. But two, some of it will be maintenance. Two stuff. things happen whenever uh, the parts are made in uh, other places. Mm-hmm. They're garbage and they're plastic, and they fall apart very quickly. Mm-hmm. When they're made here, they're usually pretty durable. Right. 
But that's about design, though. They could design in Mexico to build this as good as one they could here, but the reason they don't is so, so you know, in, in two years, you need a new toaster. You don't care about going and paying $12 for a new toaster. Right. But yeah, if you right. pay $42 for it, you know what I mean? You would still have it 10 years later. That's that's the difference. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's disposable money. It's to make it to keep people working. It's design. It, the rich folks think they were helping us, man. They, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, <laughs> oh, that's you know, a lie, I'm man. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they really do. They think that they are our, our God. They think that we wouldn't be here because America was starving. And the way they designed this country, no president runs it. Donald Trump is throwing a, a fork in their, their wheel. I mean, don't I mean the CIA runs this country? You better believe it. All, it runs the whole world. Right. Period. End the story. They can call it CIA, OSS, whatever they want to keep changing to. But they they run it, and they could do it. But it's designed just to keep people moving. And they think in their minds, if it ain't what for them, we'd all be hungry and we had no jobs. And, well, and, I, and, I think and, also though, largely, Randall, most of the prosperity you see around you, most of the opportunities you see around you was not made by those people you just mentioned. They just simply take advantage of that, and they're smart enough to let it. Keep going. Let people, you know, make stuff. Let people trade and whatnot, and we'll take advantage of it when we need to yeah. for our purposes. And, and, and how they done it was messing with our heartstrings, making foundations. It's like the Rockefeller. Them, them folks, they shot. Let, you know what I mean? The car. You go. You go back. They shot them folks in a tent. They were protesting because there wasn't no safe work environments in the coal mine in Lelo. Man, they shot. They shot them up. Man, they mm-hmm. shot women, kids, our government. Our, our, they were getting paid at the time by the Rockefeller. Don't get me wrong now. But that's where the money's coming from. But see, they still think that they weren't here giving them the money. We wouldn't be here now that America would have started death and the world would be over. That's how they figure it. And they think that we just disposable and we just as much as income as anybody. Just go back to the war. I mean, I can't, I can't hark back to the most is, is that that little son gone with a mustache was building, pouring concrete for two and a half years before we stormed Normandy Beach. Mm-hmm. How the hell he know we was coming? You know what I mean? That's, he, he, hundreds of millions well, he, of just, he was worried about us from this first day because it was the Americans that came across the the pond, so to speak, uh, in World War One. But, well. but, but where did he get his money from, though? I can tell you where he got it from. J.P. Morgan, the Bush, uh, Prescott Bush, mm-hmm. they got his handwriting on both sides. That little man that didn't come up out all of a sudden come up with this money. They saw somebody that had a little twerk, and just like they do over here, they give them the money and they push them, and they make it, they make them believe that they're doing it on their own when actually they behind. It. Man, it's the it's the game they play. Just like just like automation. If you look Henry Ford and Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison had cars, that, electric cars in mm-hmm. 1903. You can Google that right now. Google don't even hide it. But because they knew they knew what Nikola Tesla was doing, they knew electricity was the way of the future, and they took it from us, man. They took they took everything from us, and they yeah. But Tesla's kind of wanted to have I can't remember what it's called, but he wanted to like electrify the air. Like, to where you could tap into it, but that would eliminate a lot of the current electronics we have. It's a different type of system. It's amazing to think, and you're right, there was a lot of strong-arming back at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, electrification, these sorts of things. Um, it hasn't been all, you know, sunshine and lollipops, just free market, yay! There's been a lot of power plays using the privilege of government and just outright violence, like you said a, a mm-hmm. second ago. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll say I have a slight disagreement with you. I can sense Randall. Like I think okay. conspiracies happen, but they largely happen because people think the same way, so they're just going in the same direction. 
It's something I heard like Gore Vidal and George Carlin talk about. The guy running Goldman Sachs thinks like the guy running J.P. Morgan. It's not like they're always talking to one another. Uh, it's, you know, the people running the universities and high positions of government, they think alike. They want one to the same schools. It doesn't require them to get in a, a room together or virtually together and control things. There might be examples, and there certainly are, of different cabals, different groups of people conspiring to get a certain project in their favor, a certain railroad or a certain pipeline and whatnot. Obviously true. But for the large, I guess my point is this, the world is too complicated and complex for even the rich to plan. It is, uh, And when they try to go that far, they usually fall flat on their face. If they keep it pretty straightforward, like I want this pipeline, yeah, it'll probably work out for them, may or may not. But if when it's the lar- world at large trying to control everything, good luck with that. It's it's, it's easier than you think. I, I didn't think it was. I, I'll be honest with you, George. And I would not be this far if it wasn't for you and wasn't Brian and Greg and Dan. Mm-hmm. I promise you, I wouldn't have studied this. But when I tell you, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I'll leave you with this. Have you ever, well, all these telescopes we got in outer space, have you ever seen a UFO in outer space? A picture of one ever, ever in your life. A UFO in outer, uh, unidentified in outer flying object in outer space? Randall, I thought about you the other day. Mm, I, I, no, I, I, I saw a, uh, no, you there's, there's a film out there of, of, of an astronaut looking out a window, and uh, they filmed it. And, I mean, it, it may be in the atmosphere, but I'm not sure. But I, th- I think it was an, atm- uh, an astronaut saw it. But, Randall, let me be clear. When I've seen pictures of, like, unidentified flying objects here like you know yeah. pictures that they show like even then i'm not sure what i'm yeah. looking at most it's of the like, time come on. no and, and don't get me wrong there's some cool stuff out there and cool theories out there but uh half the time i'm like no that's more of an anomaly we don't understand what it is we should try to understand what it is and again man like i'm i wouldn't be surprised if there's all sorts of government private corporate government partnerships with all sorts of technologies we don't know about things being tested yes um, I'm saying that it's not easy to control the world. It is in a certain way, like in a certain like lane that you stay in, but really trying to plan the course of history, is m- it's much more difficult. People have been trying to do it for centuries, if not millennia, and what usually happens is they fall on their face, and they take everybody down with them. And this is why I think we've become so rich, don't get me wrong. There is a group of people that constantly exploit the vast majority of humanity. The people that have been doing the exploitation, I think, in the last, say, 100, 200 years, have been wise enough to step back and go, huh, if we let people generally have their way and have their freedom, we can exploit more, for lack of a better word. I'll leave you with this. All right, 20 years ago, you ever heard you ever heard black folks messing with, with opioids? I mean, really, in talking about music, 15, 15 years ago, ever since 2002, you can look at it. When we were at the war, that's when they started pushing. Look, they make you think that, that black folks are wanting lean. That's a lie, man. They pushed that into that community and took them folks' soul. Do you know how much... Do you, Man, they don't. You don't. I don't. You don't see it in medicine bottles. It ain't little medicine bottles. Man, this stuff's coming in pints. That that, that 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 stuff has been shipped in. They control us, George. I, 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 I promise. I wish you had three years just to sit. I, I mean, because they screwed with the wrong one when they put me on the check. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and took my family from me. 